You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. My name is Stephen Simcox, host of Locked On Horn Frogs and also a producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas. I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So a little bit different today. Horn Frogs are coming off the bye week. They play Kansas on Saturday. Uh, a few housekeeping notes. First of all, my apologies. I, I know typically on Monday you're used to hearing from Matt Jennings. We usually have a conversation about TCU football and recap the previous game. No game this week, or this past week, excuse me, but I was still planning on talking to Matt. Uh, I have had a an interesting weekend, though. My wife started developing some COVID symptoms late last week and tested positive for COVID over the weekend. Um, she has mild symptoms, seems to be doing okay so far, so we're very grateful for that, praising God for that. Um, I don't have any symptoms, um, but obviously – me and and the rest of the family are going into isolation for the time being and just because I've been trying to figure out uh you know situation at my other job and figuring out how we're gonna function while we're just all at the house for the past couple weeks I've had a busy weekend obviously haven't been going anywhere but I've just been running around doing things um around our home so I didn't have a chance to really prep for a conversation with Matt or set up uh, a Zoom call and get everything ready to talk to him. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I might talk to him later this week. We'll see how that goes. But today it's just going to be me, um, which that's typically how it is anyway. Uh, And also, I'm only going to do shows. My plan this week is to do shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, the, The Locked On company allows us to miss one show per month because this is a holiday month they're going to allow us to miss two so i'm planning on taking thanksgiving and black friday off from the pod so uh hopefully just three shows this week and i'll get those in but not planning on doing a show thursday and friday now that that's out of the way we can get into uh this week's game so in this first segment i want to talk a little bit about tcu kansas set the table for this matchup and, and what's going to go down. Second segment, I want to explore uh, the TCU 2021 class a little bit because I just find it interesting where they're ranked. I'm not like a recruiting expert, but I just sense uh, a problem here, and we'll discuss what that might be. And in my third and final segment today, we'll sort of circle back and get into uh, some, some TCUKU talk again. But first of all, I saw today that at least in one of the odds books, uh, TCU opened as a 25-point favorite against the Jayhawks. Now, uh, the typical joke that was, hey, they're expecting TCU to score 25 points. That seems a little ambitious. And it does. Now, I'll say this. I mean, Kansas is terrible. <laughs> now, not so much the last few years, but – when TCU first joined the conference, they had a tendency to play really close games against KU in a frustrating fashion. I mean, we remember the first year they were in the league, I believe it was like the second game of the season, they got Kansas in Lawrence and struggled in that game, ended up winning, but it was close. Um, 
I know one year in Lawrence, KU had a long field goal attempt to try to win that game at the buzzer, could not hit it. Obviously, in 2014, almost had a heart attack when that team's, um, you know, possible national championship hopes almost went down the drain when they couldn't find a way to, to put that Kansas team away, even though they eventually did, thanks to Cam Eccles Looper for that punt return touchdown. And the next year, uh, you know, Boy can gets hurt and Foster Sawyer has to come in there, and that was another game that was super close. And then they had that terrible loss. So all that to be said, there's some bad memories against KU. Now, since they've lost that game, they've actually handled the Jayhawks really well. Um, I expect this to be a game where this offense can get on track. Baylor, whose offense is terrible, they scored 40-plus points in their season opener against KU. I know that TCU's offense is very one-dimensional right now. We're all frustrated about that. There's not much creativity. But if you cannot blow Kansas off the line and basically kind of do what you want to a certain extent on offense on Saturday, then – you don't have a chance against Oklahoma State. Like, I, I just – I mean, I would have some real deal concerns if they don't go out there and take care of business. Now, better teams than this have gone into Lawrence and struggled. But, I mean, this is the definition of a get-right game. You're coming off a bye week. You're playing a Kansas team that hasn't won a game. They're probably looking for reasons to just get the heck done with the season. So if you can jump on them early and dictate the pace and dictate how this thing's going to go immediately, then you got to feel pretty good about, you know, where you're at and your chances. So even if you're going to run the ball 35, 40 times a game, um, do it effectively against this Kansas team, and you should be fine. I'm curious to see now that, you know, you're not playing games in consecutive weeks and you did have a week to heal – Again, we don't have any confirmation that Max is hurt. Gary keeps saying that he's not. Based on everything they're doing on offense right now, it appears that either he's not right or they have just completely gotten away from what Sonny Cumbie and Doug Meacham have been known for in the past, which could be possible. It just doesn't seem likely. So, did he heal up a little bit? Does he feel more comfortable? Did you find some things within the offense where you say, hey, what what plays feel good to you? What reads are you comfortable making? And can you get this passing game into a rhythm before this critical game against Oklahoma State that's basically going to decide if you're 500 or not? And you, you also have that possibility that maybe you play one more non-conference game. Um, I thought they were – I really thought if they didn't finish with a winning record, then a bowl game – might be kind of slim, but when I talked to Billy, he seemed to indicate that essentially what they're hearing at 247 is if you want to play in a bowl game, you can. So there's a good chance they're going to get a postseason game um, and, and maybe one more non-conference game if they can find a way to schedule a game with SMU or some other opponent. Coming up, we'll discuss uh, this TCU recruiting class coming into the 2021 year and why they're sitting so low in their recruiting rankings right now. And we'll do that next, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Um, Weekend's over. It's Monday. I know you're probably pretty bummed, but this is a holiday week. And on Thanksgiving Day, I know you're thinking, man, I'm going to have some turkey, have some mac and cheese, have some stuffing. You you need to be thinking about what am I going to drink? What am I going to sit down and drink when I watch Andy Dalton try to get a second consecutive win 
uh, when he takes on the Washington football team on Thanksgiving afternoon. Why don't you grab a cold Coors Light? Coors, Coors Light is cold lager. It's cold brewed. It's literally the drink that's made to chill. Um, it's the one I choose when I want to unwind. So when you get a chance to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get coorslight.com please remember to always celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado back on Locked on Horn Frogs your daily TCU podcast appreciate you joining me uh, happy Thanksgiving week hope that you don't have a ton of work this week and um, if you're choosing to travel that you can enjoy some time with your family or enjoy some time with friends whatever your plans are but uh, wanted to hit in this segment, and by the way, please subscribe and, and rate and review the podcast if, you, if you'd like to do so. Um, I'd appreciate any feedback I can get. But I want to talk a little bit recruiting, and I'll preface this by saying I am not a recruiting expert. Uh, there are people that do great work, 247 Sports, Horn Frog Blitz. They do really good work on the recruiting front. Uh, I know Frog is a war, follows it closely. Purple Theory, you know, breaks down these classes pretty well. Uh, I follow recruiting. Obviously, I understand that's the lifeblood of any program. I see who's committing to TCU. You know, I see rumors of who's trending their way or who they might be in the mix for. Um, but I am not like a recruiting junkie. I, I keep up with who's going there and what the rankings are. Uh, but I feel like I have a pretty surface level understanding of, of kind of the ins and outs of it. But I asked Billy Wessels about this last week. TCU sitting 10th in the 2021 recruiting rankings. Uh, they're 108th in the nation. This is a program that the last few years, I think the one positive, one of the positives you could say about TCU football, and if you want to spin it and say, man, this thing's trending in the right direction, the reason you would give is that they are, they have been right behind Texas know you as far as getting talent into Fort Worth. They had been finishing, you know, third, fourth pretty consistently. That seemed to be where they were. Coming off that five and seven season last year, they brought in a really talented class. I think Quentin Johnston has the potential to be a monster player if they can ever find a way to get him the ball. Um, you know, Zach Evans is obviously super talented. Would love to see him get some more carries. You don't exactly know what's going on there, but He's a great player. He sort of fell in their lap, um, but they took a chance on him, and rightly so. You know, Garrett Hayes, a four-star offensive lineman, I'm excited to see what he can do if and when he gets on the field. I think Savion Williams has a lot of potential. Um, for whatever reason right now, they're mainly using him as a kick returner, but he's got some explosion to him. You can go down the list. That's a good recruiting class. And it's worth noting that this is a small class. There are only currently eight commits um, that are committed to play for TCU in 2021. In comparison, uh, OU has 19 commits. Excuse me, OU has 15 commits. Texas has 19. West Virginia 16. Baylor 16. Iowa State 20. Kansas 21. K-State 15. Texas Tech 11. So you see, I mean, TCU's got eight commits. Seven of them are three-star players. The other one is not ranked highly. He's not a three, four, five-star. Um, and there's some good players in this class. I mean, I think Landon Watson from Hutto 
is a really good player. Uh, Chris Murray from Wichita Falls Hershey is a good pass rusher. Alexander Hoyne's a really intriguing prospect. He's from Germany. That is obviously not a place that typically churns out great talent, but as a quarterback, um, he's an intriguing guy. He's 6'5", 230 pounds. He certainly has the build and appears to have the big arm that you would associate with uh, with a college QB. Jasper Lott, the offensive tackle from Argyle. Here's what I know about Argyle. I know Argyle is one of the best uh, teams in high school football. If you look at, you know, 4A Division One, they're probably going to waltz to a state title. They won their by-district playoff game by 79 points. They're a really good football team, so I'm sure they turn out some good talent. But why are they so low? I just even with the class being small, there's no four stars. There's nobody who's necessarily headlining what they're doing or headlining this class that you look at and you say, man, this is the guy. This is going to be the guy moving forward. So what gives is my big question. You know, is this just a one-year thing? And I know they don't have a lot of seniors, but it doesn't seem like they would be short on on scholarship spots. Now, one theory that's been going around is that they're going to be open for transfers this year, which, I mean, that's fine. You know, they pulled in some guys, Marcel Brooks and J.D. Spielman, that we were excited about in the offseason in the transfer market. Spielman got hurt, unfortunately, and is out for the season. Brooks has been banged up, too, and just hasn't really worked his way in the defense at all this year. I'm just fascinated by it, and I'll try to do some more research as we go through the week, but I'm concerned. I mean, you are, even this is a small class, you're a month from early signing day, and you're just going to walk in here with eight commits. Uh, I know they were doing some work during the bye week, hitting that hard, so maybe some of those offers come through, but it's just a disturbing trend to watch to see them fall so flat. I mean, surely they can find a way. I know KU has a ton more commits right now, but surely they can find a way to get above those guys in the rankings. You would hope. If not, I think we might be looking at some big problems. Coming up next, we'll get back into this Kansas-TCU matchup. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Um, Built Bar is more delicious than ever. They have six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Apple Almond Crisp. They also have 12 original flavors, some of my favorites, peanut butter, German chocolate, and banana bread. You know, as as I am in lockdown for a little while, while my family isolates uh, because of, unfortunately, COVID, I'm going to be eating Built Bars because it's a good snack. Um, it's good fuel for your body, only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar. And listen, if you go to BuiltBar.com, and I was telling you about this at the beginning of the show, Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off your order. So right now, if you're like, man, I don't want to spend a lot of money, well, here, go try it right now. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get a discount, try it, give it a try, and if you like it, you can uh, you can continue to use the product. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. LOCKEDON Horn Frogs, final segment. Uh, thanks for joining me on this Monday, November 23rd. Tomorrow I'll do a Pro Frogs report, but I wanted to let you guys know, and I'm sure you saw the news, but exciting day for Andy Dalton. Man, he looked like a completely different person in this game against the Vikings on Sunday. Cowboys win 31-28. to 
and Dalton had a really effective day. You know, his first couple games, he was in there with a patchwork offensive line. Um, the Cowboys had just locked that, lost Dak Prescott. There wasn't a lot of energy there. And then he missed some times uh, because of concussion and because of COVID. But 22 of 32 today, 203 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. Let a game-winning drive. Had a huge throw to Amari Cooper on a fourth and five on that game-winning drive. Had a nice touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz to win that football game. So congratulations to him. It was fun watching him ball out today and excited for Andy. Looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, for the Cowboys moving forward. I mean, they play Washington on Thanksgiving Day, and if they win that game, they're suddenly essentially like in the driver's seat in the NFC East, as crazy as that is. But Andy looked like this afternoon the guy that they went and uh, expected to see when they signed him, which was somebody who could be really serviceable um, and, and get things done if something did happen to Dak Prescott. So happy for him and, and the way he bounced back against the Vikings today after a couple tough games uh, before he got injured. Coming back to this TCU-Kansas game, you know, in the in the first segment I discussed, if, if there's a week for this offense to get on track, it's this week. Um, you should be able to run the ball effectively. You know, can you get something going in this passing game? Is Max in a better position? Does he feel more comfortable after having a week off and getting a chance to reassess? You, you would hope they would have some good play calling in store after getting to watch some tape. And that they can just, uh, you know, wreck shop and run this thing against KU on Saturday. And defensively, I mean, we've talked about it on the pod. This is not a dominant TCU defense, but they've been pretty solid. And once again, um, Gary has found a way. They struggled early in the season, you know, had some issues, were giving up a ton of big plays. And it helps that in the back half of the schedule, they've played some less potent offenses. I mean, they played Iowa State, Oklahoma, um, right out the gates, Texas, teams that can really score and put up points. But they've they've seemed to have settled in and, and made some things happen. And you just want to see them go out and dominate on Saturday. You know, the defensive line was showing strides against Baylor and Texas Tech. And then they – weren't really effective against West Virginia. So can you bounce back and get some sacks against KU? Puka Williams is not there. He's their most dangerous player. Uh, He opted out midseason. So you should be able to shut this KU down, team down. I want to see a vintage, dominant Gary Patterson defense on Saturday. That was what helped them, you know, a few years ago. And this is – I'm not saying this is a recipe for, like, long-term success. But a few years ago, when Grayson Muehlstein came in there and they reeled off three straight wins, it was because that defense got to a place where they just weren't going to give up points. And they forced some turnovers, too. And as long as TCU could capitalize on some opportunities and score a few touchdowns in the game, they were going to win. So you'd love to see them come back to that when they have the chance against Kansas on Saturday. You know, I think Travis Hodges Tomlinson has done a nice job stepping into this number one corner role. Now he's gotten beat a few times, but he's also made some plays. Um, They're getting better. They seem more comfortable. They seem to be playing faster and understanding the system. So you'd like to see them just go out there and dominate this thing 
I like that it against Tech in a lot of ways, except for giving up a couple big pass plays. Um, you'd love to see them do that Saturday and and take some pressure on that offense, allow that offense to get out to a lead, work on some things, and make some things happen. This is this is the week to figure some things out. It's it's almost like a non-conference game in the middle of the season, you know, or you hope that it would become that. I'm I'm not saying that's what it's going to be because as I, I detailed in that first segment, we know they've struggled against Kansas in the past and not taking care of their business. But you hope that they would do that on Saturday and would uh, would just roll. Tomorrow, we will do our Pro Frogs report. We'll take a look at how some TCU guys did in the NFL. We will also get you ready for TCU basketball, which is going to start on Wednesday. TCU men's and women's basketball getting underway on Wednesday. And we'll continue to talk TCU and Kansas. Um, again, just a couple more shows this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll take uh, the rest of Thanksgiving week off. But I appreciate you joining me. I hope you have a good holiday week. Thank you. Subscribe, rate, review, and you can find me on Twitter at SimcockSteven. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnTCU. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.